Hello, and welcome to the MyCare Champion Cast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Laura Hall of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. We are in the midst of a serious flu season, and nationally, we've seen more than 50 flu-associated pediatric deaths as of late January. So today, we're talking about vaccines and the I Vaccinate campaign, which raises awareness and shares educational information about vaccine-preventable diseases. First, we'll talk to Veronica McNally, the founder of the Franny Strong Foundation. In 2012, we lost our infant daughter, Francesca Marie, to whooping cough. As I reflect on that time, uh, it really just happened so quickly. We didn't see it coming, to be honest. Uh, it was at the end of March or early April in 2012 that I began coughing. And after my cough persisted for a couple of weeks, I saw my doctor, who at the time wasn't really concerned about the fact that I had a cough. It was just a couple weeks later that my then three-year-old son began coughing. And when I realized how serious his cough was, I took him to a pediatrician, and he told us that Stephen had croup. And obviously, that in and of itself was concerning to me. And I, at the time, tried to take some precautions to make sure that the other kids didn't catch what he thought was croup. Uh, and it was about a week later that I was on a walk with my kids when I heard Francesca cough. It was almost an unnoticeable cough. If I hadn't been paying attention to it, I don't know that I would have recognized it. And when I got home from the walk, I called the pediatrician right away and asked if Francesca could be seen. Of course, she was seen, and the pediatrician listened and said that she definitely caught something but wanted to wait to see if she got worse. It was that weekend that she really began to get worse. And on Saturday evening, I called my pediatrician because I was concerned that she wasn't eating very much and that she was beginning to run a low-grade fever. Ultimately, we decided that evening to bring her into an emergency room where we were met by an ER doctor, and he told us that we were right to be there and that um, that he understood he had, he had children of his own. And he told us that children are very simple. When you look at them, you know if they're sick or they're okay. And he looked down at her sleeping on the bed and told us that she was okay. It was the next day, uh, that was Mother's Day, that I tried really hard to get her comfortable and I couldn't. And at that time, I thought I had done what I could do to to see if there was anything seriously wrong and had been told that there wasn't. And so I just... Waited, and the next morning she had had a very difficult evening, and she wasn't better. She was much worse, and I called the pediatrician again that we had seen on May 10th and that we had spoken with, uh, and I went back in to see her that day, and it was at that point in time that she suspected that Francesca did have uh, pertussis, which is whooping cough, and we waited to see what her blood results looked like. Uh, I called the pediatrician's office, and it was uh, just that afternoon and late in the afternoon, and they told me that she, that they suspected that she did have it based on the blood work. And I said, well, shouldn't I take her to a children's hospital? And 
surprisingly and I think really problematically at the time, they told me no. And my husband and I just were not comfortable with that. We weren't comfortable with how sick she was. We weren't comfortable with the fact that she wasn't eating. And this was a really scary, scary thing. And so we took her anyway to a children's hospital where we were immediately admitted into the pediatric intensive care unit. She was intubated the following day and she died on May 17th. Looking back, I guess now, what would have helped protect your daughter? Well, the number one thing I would say is that I should have received Tdap and I should have received it during pregnancy, but that was not really happening the way that it should have happened back then for pregnant moms. And what that does during pregnancy is it gives mom the protection, but it also passes on antibodies to the baby so the baby doesn't get whooping cough. If mom gets it after pregnancy, it gives the baby a circle of protection, but it can't just, it's not just the mom, obviously. I mean, the baby is potentially exposed to, to other people, so that would include um, any any other household family members. And the research shows right now that, that they used to think that it was, um, the that it was, adults that were passing this on to, to, to infants. And they actually think now that it may also be um, school-aged children that are passing whooping cough on to the infant. So it's really important to make sure other children in your house are vaccinated. Grandparents, actually, it's really and, – and, and sadly, some physicians still don't understand the importance and the significance of grandparents getting the whooping cough vaccine. Your daughter, you know, she was too young to have been fully vaccinated herself, right? So it's kind of on everybody around her to, like you said, that circle of protection. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So Francesca was almost three months old when she passed away. So she definitely was too young to receive any sort of vaccine conferred immunity from the whooping cough vaccine. In fact, I think that what they have said is that any vaccine conferred immunity for an infant against whooping cough actually doesn't even come until 12 to 15 months of age. So it's after a series of that DTaP vaccine. And the same is actually true of influenza, the influenza vaccine. So it's also another really important disease to make sure that your your infant is protected against. Before this happened to your family, what did you think about vaccines? Did you have, you know, strong opinions or were you this knowledgeable then? I definitely was not this knowledgeable then. Uh, I, I really reflect on that time and wish that I would have known more. I, I wish I would have had a greater understanding, but I think that I wish more that, that I would have had more involved discussions about this with my doctor. And so what I try and advocate now is that when you have a patient, parent, so a mom, a dad in your office, and they have questions about vaccines, that you pinpoint specific concerns, that you talk about diseases that are in the community at the time. So right now, you've got communities that have chickenpox. If you've got patients in your office that have concerns about the varicella vaccine, you've got to find out why, because it's it's a really big problem. Uh, I, I feel really strongly now about the fact that vaccines are important, that vaccines are effective, that vaccines are safe. And I would say that I understood that about vaccines, 
but I didn't fully appreciate how safe they are. I didn't fully understand how well tested they are. I didn't understand that that you could have several vaccines at one time and still have it be completely safe to the child's immune system. And I remember the one the one fact that has just stuck with me, that has resonated with me, that if I just would have had a better understanding of back then, I think it probably um, would have really changed the way that I that I viewed vaccines. Dr. Paul Offit was speaking to to a group of medical care providers, and he said, "Your child's immune system is more challenged by the by a common cold." than the entire vaccination series that they would get. And so, you know, you mentioned presentations. Um, how are you reaching out to parents and it sounds like physicians to raise awareness about the importance of vaccinations for, um, for families and children? Right now, we are really fortunate that we have the I Vaccinate campaign uh, that is being promoted throughout the state of Michigan. And the I Vaccinate campaign is a public education campaign to help parents protect their children from vaccine-preventable diseases. It's a multimedia campaign. We have a really strong presence uh, on social media. We have TV commercials. We have radio commercials. And that messaging is it's empowering. It encourages parents to have discussions about vaccines. It provides a easy-to-access website that has all of the important information parents, answers to questions that parents want to know. The website is ivaccinate.org. And in addition to the iVaccinate campaign, as as I have done for the past five years, I continue to go and speak to medical care providers across the state about the importance of prevention and then also early detection for pertussis. What would you say to parents who are unsure unsure about vaccinating their children or maybe even to adults who think, you know, they should skip the flu shot or skip their other vaccines, you know, because they're healthy adults? I think that this is a really important point. I think it's one that sort of we go on with our daily life and we don't think about what happens when uh, when a vaccine-preventable disease finally does come into contact with ourselves or our family members. And so what I would say is that these diseases are real, that these diseases can have very significant consequences when you get them, and that when you do get them, if you do get one of these vaccine-preventable diseases, that it's almost like uh, a Mack truck coming your way that you can't stop. You know, I think that people believe that medical science is so advanced and that, uh, you know, if, if they did get one of these diseases, that they could just get treated and they could go on their merry way. And I can personally attest to the fact that we were in a hospital with the best medical technology in the world and there was nothing that was going to save my daughter's life. So I want people to understand that these diseases are real, that they are happening more more than you would believe and that we have a way to protect against them and the way to protect against them is really safe and it's available to you so whether it's you considering the vaccination for yourself or you considering whether or not to vaccinate your children 
that you probably want to get as much information as you can if you're concerned. I think that part of the reason why people have hesitancy is because of things they've heard in the past, things that may no longer uh, necessarily be accurate uh, about a particular vaccine. Uh, I think that when you have a parent who expresses hesitancy as a provider, you have an obligation to, to learn more, to talk more. And I think that that's a challenge. And I hope that that's something that the iVaccinate campaign can really do to ease a provider's uh, burden because parents want answers to questions. And this, this website, iVaccinate.org, is really one-stop shopping. Those are all the questions I had. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Or It's okay to have questions as a parent about vaccines. It makes you a better parent to have questions. It makes you a better parent to want to know more about what you're going to do for your child to protect them from diseases. And so if you ever experience pushback uh, about the fact that you have questions about vaccines, I, I want parents to know that it's okay, that it makes you a good parent, and that the iVaccinet campaign is there to answer your questions. It's there to 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 help you make the best decisions for your child. And the way that we really think about vaccines and, and the, what we want is mom saying, I vaccinate. Next, we'll learn a little bit more about the power of the I Vaccinate campaign from Dr. Eden Wells, the Chief Medical Executive of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. When you're hearing it from parents who have gone through illness or even horribly hospitalizations or death with their with children who have had a vaccine-preventable illness, um, what they can do is probably have a better straight line of communication, but also providing good scientific information that is accumulated from professional organizations and scientists from around the country. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to come the, uh, from the mouth of a government official who's kind of giving the party line that everybody's so used to hearing about vaccine, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I love iVaccinate because the website has an incredible amount of resources, again, useful for parents, uh, probably um to me, in my, in my mind, a parent really would like to hear from other parents who have been in similar situations or can speak that, you know, language that's less um, government speak, less um, um, uh, sort of the white-coated doctor kind of speak, but really from another parent who has children and understands what it's like to be a parent with children. Um, that's the overly simplistic way. There's a lot of information about all the vaccines on the website, uh, including the hepatitis A vaccines, including influenza, uh, but really talks, you know, these stories of, you know, even talking about what it's like to have a child with whooping cough or pertussis and how that can be prevented. The focus of iVaccinate is not just getting children vaccinated, but it's also the community. We're all... the community. And, you know, that's something, that's a concept that's true for any of the vaccine programs that we're doing. And this is true particularly about influenza and the respiratory diseases like whooping cough. Um, it is very true that our very young, especially those under the age of one, uh, and... and um, uh, babies are not fully vaccinated. They have to go through a series of vaccines much of the time. I'm also going to say that this is very, very important for our elderly as well. 
okay? Because the elderly, even though they may be fully vaccinated, have more frail immune systems as well. And so they may be more at risk for getting infection, even if they're fully vaccinated. So I tell this in my own family. I have, uh, you know, a brother who I say, you need to get vaccinated before you can go visit mom and dad. Because even while you think you're fine, just you're bringing in influenza or pneumonia into the home could really be very deadly for elderly parents. Finally, Bob Swanson, director of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Division of Immunization, tells us more about vaccines and shares information on Michigan's vaccination rates. Our rates over the past years have not been good. Uh, Our current rates that we look at right now for this flu season shows that um, only about one out of three people have been vaccinated. This vaccine is um, recommended for all individuals six months and older. Um, And this is turning out to be quite a severe flu season. So we wanna make sure that everybody's vaccinated. What do we think is behind that number, that low, you know, usage of the flu shot? You know, I think a lot of things contribute to our lower immunization rates. One is, I think the messages out there about influenza. The public does not understand how severe influenza can be. Mm-hmm. That we see um, a lot of people die and hospitalized from influenza every year. That it really is a severe disease that can be prevented. Um, secondly, I think that, that there's a lot in the media about the effectiveness of the vaccine. And I don't think that tells the full story about the vaccine. The vaccine may not be 100% effective, but it protects thousands and thousands of people every year from getting sick. And even if they do get sick, it's going to be less severe because they had the vaccine. So there's huge benefit to be gained from the vaccine. Um, We're most concerned this year with the circulating strain because it's a severe strain in particular for elderly and for young kids. Um, So I think the more people we can get vaccinated, the more it protects the community the more that, um, th- that we have protection for everybody. At what point, I guess, are we kind of out of the woods in the state in terms of the flu season? When does that kind of taper off? It's impossible to tell and predict right now. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, CDC is estimating that maybe we have peaked, but they don't even know that for sure. It's just based on the trends that they see in the data. Um, we're hoping that it's peaked and it'll start to drop off, but we don't know that yet. Are there other vaccines or vaccine-preventable illnesses that people should have on their radar right now in the state? Right now, we're very concerned about the hepatitis A. We have a a large outbreak of hepatitis A that originated in southeast Michigan, but it is spreading to other parts of the state. We have now over 700 cases of hepatitis A. So individuals that fall into certain risk groups, we want to make sure that they're vaccinated. We want to stop this outbreak from, from going We've had a lot of people that have died from it, and it's preventable. That's a very, very effective and safe vaccine. Are the populations you're talking about, the very young and very old, like typical, or are there other um, risk factors that people should be aware of? It's different risk groups for the hepatitis A. Hepatitis A, where we're seeing the majority of the cases are in individuals with substance abuse issues, homeless individuals, or or transient living. Um, We're also looking for men who have sex with men, There's been a big uptick in uh, cases in that population and individuals who are incarcerated or have chronic liver disease. We want to make sure that those individuals are vaccinated so we can start heading this off. 
Um, I guess overall, you know, why are vaccinations uh, so important in our state? Well, I think it's not just in the state. We're now a global community. It's really the United States, it's Michigan, it's the world, because the more we can prevent around the world, the less transmission there is. But truly, um, I think people now don't understand the severity of some of these diseases. They're extremely dangerous diseases to get. Uh, We don't hear about polio anymore, and it used to be endemic. We saw it everywhere, and now it's done away with. And if we let our guard down, we'll start seeing it back. It still is in the world. So um, I think that it's important that we vaccinate to prevent disease. Um, And these are diseases, like I said, that can be very severe. What is the department doing to, uh, and other healthcare organizations, I suppose, doing to improve the vaccination rates in our state? We do quite a few things. We're trying to educate on the benefits of vaccines. I vaccinate. We use that program to do that. We promote our Vaccines for Children program, which is a huge program that makes vaccine available to physician offices, participating physician offices, that um, they can vaccinate vulnerable populations, those that don't have another mechanism to pay for vaccines. It's a federal program, and we participate fully in it here in Michigan. We do as much education to physicians as we can uh, to make sure that they understand the value of vaccines and that they're following proper schedules and and uh, using the vaccines the way they should. Um, for influenza, we do things like the influenza flu challenge for our college students to make sure that all college students are vaccinated. Um, the other thing that we do to promote vaccinations is um, uh, provide immunization rates across the state. We use the Michigan Care Improvement Registry to um, assess immunization rates. So physician offices can assess their rates. We assess them at county levels and at state levels so that we know where the pockets are. And then we put them into uh, report cards that providers can use and that, that health departments can use. Um, there are a few, or there are a lot of misconceptions out there, especially about the flu shot. And I wanted to see if I could jump into a few of them with you. Um, and you can kind of let me know what the facts are, I guess, behind them. So you hear a lot, the flu shot causes the flu. So the flu shot does not cause the flu. Um, it's relatively impossible, uh, that it could. It's an inactivated vaccine. That's the current vaccine that's, that's, uh, being used. And, um, you cannot get the flu from it. It is possible you could um, feel some effects from that vaccine uh, just because it's working in your system and building up immunity, but it's not actually the flu. Um, Adults don't need uh, vaccines or flu shots if they're healthy? Absolutely false, because you want to protect those that you're around. If you're a good, healthy person, and I feel like I'm a healthy adult, I get vaccinated not only for myself to prevent me from getting the flu, but for me spreading it to my parents or my family members or somebody in church that I'm talking to. So you want to make sure that you're protecting the community when you vaccinate. The flu is, you kind of said this already, but the flu is not that dangerous. It's just kind of an inconvenience to get sick. Influenza can be extremely serious. We see children, healthy children die from influenza because it overwhelms their immune system. Uh, We see the highest death rate among adults, elderly adults who get influenza uh, that cannot tolerate the the flu because it can be so severe. So it's a very dangerous disease that I think people take for granted. The last kind of misconception is 
about immunizations in general, that they're risky for babies, or you can overload a baby's immune system with too many vaccines at once. You know, what do you say to parents when you hear that kind of information? I say that um, vaccines are probably tested and they've had more um, data collected on them than any other medication that's out there. So much research has been done on vaccines and the safety of vaccines and how well your immune system can tolerate the vaccines and how they're good for your immune system so that you can fight those diseases. Um, it's, um, they've made vaccines over the years much better than they were when I was a child where your body would be bombarded by many different antigens. By, um, it was a more complex vaccine, and they've made them cleaner and simpler and um, safer. You can learn more by visiting ivaccinate.org, and I'll also link to some other resources in the show notes of this episode. It's not too late to get vaccinated for the flu, so contact your physician or visit a healthcare provider to protect yourself and others in the community. MyCare champions can also help by spreading the word and telling others about getting vaccinated against the flu, hepatitis A, and other diseases. Thanks everyone for listening. You can let us know what you think by emailing communicate at mha.org or leave us a review. And be sure to join us next time for the MyCare Champion Cast.